Chapters 6 through 11 of the Acts of the Apostles from the New Testament in Modern Speech. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. The Book of Acts. Translated by Richard Francis Weymouth. Chapter 6. About this time, as the number of disciples was increasing, complaints were made by the Greek-speaking Jews against the Hebrews, because their widows were habitually overlooked in the daily ministration. So the twelve called together the general body of the disciples and said, It does not seem fitting that we apostles should neglect the delivery of God's message and minister at tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among yourselves seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, and we will appoint them to undertake this duty. But as for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the delivery of the message. The suggestion met with general approval, and they selected Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These men they brought to the apostles, and, after prayer, they laid their hands upon them. Meanwhile God's message continued to spread, and the number of the disciples in Jerusalem very greatly increased, and very many priests obeyed the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, performed great marvels and signs among the people. But some members of the so-called Synagogue of the Freedmen, together with some Cyrenians, Alexandrians, Cilicians, and men from Roman Asia, were roused to encounter Stephen in debate. They were quite unable, however, to resist the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then they privately put forward men who declared, We have heard him speak blasphemous things against Moses and against God. In this way they excited the people, the elders and the scribes. At length they came upon him, seized him with violence, and took him before the Sanhedrin. Here they brought forward false witnesses who declared, This fellow is incessantly speaking against the holy place and the law, for we have heard him say that Jesus the Nazarene will pull this place down to the ground and will change the customs which Moses handed down to us. At once the eyes of all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin were fastened on him, and they saw his face looking just like the face of an angel. Chapter 7 Then the high priest asked him, Are these statements true? The reply of Stephen was, Sirs, brethren and fathers, listen to me. God most glorious appeared to our forefather Abraham when he was living in Mesopotamia, before he settled in Haran, and said to him, Leave your country and your relatives, and go into whatever land I point out to you. Thereupon he left Chaldea and settled in Haran till after the death of his father, when God caused him to remove into this country where you now live. But he gave him no inheritance in it, no, not a single square yard of ground. And yet he promised to bestow the land as a permanent possession on him and his posterity after him, and promised this at a time when Abraham was childless. And God declared that Abraham's posterity should for four hundred years make their home in a country not their own, and be reduced to slavery and be oppressed. And the nation, whichever it is that enslaves them, I will judge, said God, and afterwards they shall come out, and they shall worship me in this place. 
Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision, and under this covenant he became the father of Isaac, whom he circumcised on the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs were jealous of Joseph and sold him into slavery in Egypt. But God was with him, and delivered him from all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom when he stood before Pharaoh king of Egypt, who appointed him governor over Egypt and all the royal household. But there came a famine throughout the whole of Egypt and Canaan, and great distress, so that our forefathers could find no food. When, however, Jacob heard that there was wheat to be had, he sent our forefathers into Egypt. That was the first time. On their second visit Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Pharaoh was informed of Joseph's parentage. Then Joseph sent and invited his father Jacob and all his family, numbering seventy-five persons, to come to him. And Jacob went down into Egypt. There he died, and so did our forefathers. And they were taken to Shechem, and were laid in the tomb which Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamor at Shechem, for a sum of money paid in silver. But as the time drew near for the fulfillment of the promise which God had made to Abraham, the people became many times more numerous in Egypt, until there arose a foreign king over Egypt who knew nothing of Joseph. He adopted a crafty policy towards our race, and oppressed our forefathers, making them cast out their infants so that they might not be permitted to live. At this time Moses was born, a wonderfully beautiful child and for three months he was cared for in his father's house. At length he was cast out, but Pharaoh's daughter adopted him, and brought him up as her own son. So Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and possessed great influence through his eloquence and his achievements. And when he was just forty years old, it occurred to him to visit his brethren the descendants of Israel. Seeing one of them wrongfully treated, he took his part, and secured justice for the ill-treated man by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed his brethren to be aware that by him God was sending them deliverance. This, however, they did not understand. The next day also he came and found two of them fighting, and he endeavored to make peace between them. "'Sirs,' he said, "'you are brothers. Why are you wronging one another?' But the man who was doing the wrong resented his interference and asked, Who appointed you magistrate and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Alarmed at this question, Moses fled from the country and went to live in the land of Midian. There he became the father of two sons. But at the end of forty years there appeared to him in the desert of Mount Sinai an angel in the middle of a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw this, he wondered at the sight, but on his going up to look further, the voice of the Lord was heard, saying, I am the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Quaking with fear, Moses did not dare gaze. Take off your shoes, said the Lord, for the spot on which you are standing is holy ground. I have seen, yes, I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their groans, and I have come down to deliver them, and now I will send you to Egypt. The Moses whom they rejected, asking him, Who appointed you magistrate and judge? That same Moses we find God sending as a magistrate and a deliverer by the help of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This was he who brought them out, after performing marvels and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea, and in the desert for forty years. 
this is the moses who said to the descendants of israel god will raise up a prophet for you from among your brethren just as he raised me up this is he who was among the congregation in the desert together with the angel who spoke to him on mount sinai and with our forefathers who received ever-living utterances to hand on to us our forefathers however would not submit to him but spurned his authority and in their hearts turned back to egypt they said to aaron make gods for us to march in front of us for as for this moses who brought us out of the land of egypt we do not know what has become of him moreover they made a calf at that time and offered a sacrifice to the idol and kept rejoicing in the gods which their own hands had made so god turned from them and gave them up to the worship of the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets were they victims and sacrifices which you offered me forty years in the desert o house of israel yes you lifted up moloch's tent and the star of the god rephan the images which you made in order to worship them and i will remove you beyond babylon our forefathers had the tent of the testimony in the desert built as he who spoke to moses had instructed him to make it in imitation of the model which he had seen that tent was bequeathed to the next generation of our forefathers under joshua they brought it with them when they were taking possession of the land of the gentile nations whom god drove out before them so it continued till david's time david obtained favor with god and asked leave to provide a dwelling-place for the god of jacob but it was solomon who built a house for him yet the most high does not dwell in buildings erected by men's hands but as the prophet declares the sky is my throne and earth is the footstool for my feet what kind of house will you build for me says the lord or what resting-place shall i have did not my hand form this universe o oh, stiff-necked men uncircumcised in heart and ears you also are continually at strife with the holy spirit just as your forefathers were which of the prophets did not your forefathers persecute yes they killed those who announced beforehand the advent of the righteous one whose betrayers and murderers you have now become you who received the law given through angels and yet have not obeyed it as they listened to these words they became infuriated and gnashed their teeth at him but full of the holy spirit and looking up to heaven stephen saw the glory of god and jesus standing at god's right hand i can see heaven wide open he said and the son of man standing at god's right hand upon this with a loud outcry they stopped their ears rushed upon stephen in a body dragged him out of the city and stoned him the witnesses throwing off their outer garments and giving them into the care of a young man named saul so they stoned stephen while he prayed lord jesus receive my spirit then rising on his knees he cried aloud lord do not reckon this sin against them and with these words he fell asleep chapter eight and saul fully approved of his murder at this time a great persecution broke out against the church in jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout judea and samaria a party of devout men however buried stephen and made loud lamentation over him but saul cruelly harassed the church he went into house after house and dragging off both men and women threw them into prison 
Those, however, who were scattered abroad went from place to place, spreading the good news of God's message, while Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. Crowds of people, with one accord, gave attention to what they heard from him, listening and witnessing the signs which he did. For, with a loud cry, foul spirits came out of many possessed by them, and many paralytics and lame persons were restored to health. And there was great joy in that city. Now, for some time past, there had been a man named Simon living there, who had been practicing magic and astonishing the Samaritans, pretending that he was more than human. To him, people of all classes paid attention, declaring, This man is the power of God, known as the Great Power. His influence over them arose from their having been, for a long time, bewildered by his sorceries. But when Philip began to tell the good news about the kingdom of God and about the name of Jesus Christ, and they embraced the faith, they were baptized, men and women alike. Simon himself also believed, and after being baptized, remained in close attendance on Philip, and was full of amazement at seeing such signs and such great miracles performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John to visit them. They, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not as yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then the apostles placed their hands upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When, however, Simon saw that it was through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Spirit was bestowed, he offered them money. "'Give me too,' he said, "'that power, so that everyone on whom I place my hands will receive the Holy Spirit.' "'Perish your money and yourself,' replied Peter, "'because you have imagined that you can obtain God's free gift with money. No part or lot have you in this matter, for your heart is not right in God's sight.' Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord, in the hope that the purpose which is in your heart may perhaps be forgiven you. For I perceive that you have fallen into the bitterest bondage of unrighteousness. Pray, both of you, to the Lord for me, answered Simon, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So the apostles, after giving a solemn charge and delivering the Lord's message, traveled back to Jerusalem, making known the good news also in many of the Samaritan villages. And an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and proceed south to the road that runs down from Jerusalem to Gaza, crossing the desert. Upon this he rose and went. Now as it happened, an Ethiopian eunuch who was in a position of high authority with Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, as her treasurer, had visited Jerusalem to worship there, and was now on his way home. And as he sat in his chariot he was reading the prophet Isaiah, then the spirit said to Philip, Go and enter that chariot. So Philip ran up and heard the eunuch reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you are reading? He asked. Why, how can I? replied the eunuch, unless someone explains it to me. And he earnestly invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The passage of scripture which he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to slaughter, and just as a lamb before its shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who will make known his posterity? For he is destroyed from among men. Pray, of whom is the prophet speaking? inquired the eunuch. Of himself or of someone else? 
then philip began to speak and commencing with that same portion of scripture told him the good news about jesus so they proceeded on their way till they came to some water and the eunuch exclaimed see here is water what is there to prevent my being baptized so he stopped the chariot and both of them philip and the eunuch went down into the water and philip baptized him but no sooner had they come up out of the water than the spirit of the lord caught philip away and the eunuch did not see him again with a glad heart he resumed his journey but philip found himself at ashdod then visiting town after town he everywhere made known the good news until he reached caesarea chapter nine now saul whose every breath was a threat of destruction for the disciples of the lord went to the high priest and begged from him letters addressed to the synagogues in damascus in order that if he found any believers there either men or women he might bring them in chains to jerusalem but on the journey as he was getting near damascus suddenly there flashed round him a light from heaven and falling to the ground he heard a voice which said to him saul saul why are you persecuting me who art thou lord he asked i am jesus whom you are persecuting was the reply but rise and go to the city and you will be told what you are to do meanwhile the men who travelled with saul were standing dumb with amazement hearing a sound but seeing no one then he rose from the ground but when he had opened his eyes he could not see and they led him by the arm and brought him to damascus and for two days he remained without sight and did not eat or drink anything now in damascus there was a disciple of the name of ananias the lord spoke to him in a vision saying ananias i am here lord he answered rise said the lord and go to straight street and inquire at the house of judas for a man called saul from tarsus for he is actually praying he has seen a man called ananias come and lay his hands upon him so that he may recover his sight lord answered ananias i have heard about that man for many and i have heard of the great mischief he has done to thy people in jerusalem and here he is authorized by the high priests to arrest all who call upon thy name go replied the lord he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name to the gentiles and to kings and to the descendants of israel for i will let him know the great sufferings which he must pass through for my sake so ananias went and entered the house and laying his two hands upon saul said saul brother the lord even jesus who appeared to you on your journey has sent me that you may recover your sight and be filled with the holy spirit instantly there dropped from his eyes what seemed to be scales and he could see once more upon this he rose and received baptism after which he took food and regained his strength then he remained some little time with the disciples in damascus and in the synagogues he began at once to proclaim jesus as the son of god and his hearers were all amazed and began to ask one another is not this the man who in jerusalem tried to exterminate those who called upon that name and came here on purpose to carry them off in chains to the high priests saul however gained more and more influence and as for the jews living in damascus he bewildered them with his proofs that jesus is the christ 
at length the jews plotted to kill saul but information of their intention was given to him they even watched the gates day and night in order to murder him but his disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall lowering him in a hamper so he came to jerusalem and made several attempts to associate with the disciples but they were all afraid of him being in doubt as to whether he himself was a disciple barnabas however came to his assistance he brought saul to the apostles and related to them how on his journey he had seen the lord and that the lord had spoken to him and how in damascus he had fearlessly taught in the name of jesus henceforth saul was one of them going in and out of the city and speaking fearlessly in the name of the lord and he often talked with the hellenists and had discussions with them but they kept trying to take his life on learning this the brethren brought him down to caesarea and then sent him by sea to tarsus the church however throughout the whole of judea galilee and samaria had peace and was spiritually built up and grew in numbers living in the fear of the lord and receiving encouragement from the holy spirit now peter as he went to town after town came down also to god's people at lud there he found a man of the name of aeneas who for eight years had kept his bed through being paralyzed peter said to him aeneas jesus christ cures you rise and make your own bed he at once rose to his feet and all the people of lud and sharon saw him and they turned to the lord among the disciples at jaffa was a woman called tabitha or as the name may be translated dorcas her life was wholly devoted to the good and charitable actions which she was constantly doing but as it happened just at that time she was taken ill and died after washing her body they laid it out in a room upstairs lud however being near jaffa the disciples who had heard that peter was at lud sent two men to him with an urgent request that he would come across to them without delay so peter rose and went with them on his arrival they took him upstairs and the widow women all came and stood by his side weeping and showing him the underclothing and cloaks and garments of all kinds which dorcas used to make while she was still with them peter however putting every one out of the room knelt down and prayed and then turning to the body he said tabitha rise dorcas at once opened her eyes and seeing peter sat up then giving her his hand he raised her to her feet and calling to him god's people and the widows he gave her back to them alive this incident became known throughout jaffa and many believed in the lord and peter remained for a considerable time at jaffa staying at the house of a man called simon a tanner chapter ten now a captain of the italian regiment named cornelius was quartered at caesarea he was religious and god-fearing and so was every member of his household he was also liberal in his charities to the people and continually offered prayer to god about three o'clock one afternoon he had a vision and distinctly saw an angel of god enter his house who called him by name saying cornelius looking steadily at him and being much alarmed he said what do you want sir your prayers and charities he replied have gone up and have been recorded before god and now send to jaffa and fetch simon surnamed peter he is staying as a guest with simon a tanner who has a house close to the sea 
So when the angel who had been speaking to him was gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a God-fearing soldier who was in constant attendance on him. And, after telling them everything, he sent them to Jaffa. The next day, while they were still on their journey and were getting near the town, about noon Peter went up on the housetop to pray. He had become unusually hungry and wished for food, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. The sky had opened to his view, and what seemed to be an enormous sail was descending, being let down to the earth by ropes at the four corners. In it were all kinds of quadrupeds, reptiles, and birds. And a voice came to him which said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. On no account, Lord, he replied, for I have never yet eaten anything unholy and impure. Again, a second time, a voice was heard which said, What God has purified, you must not regard as unholy. This was said three times, and immediately the sail was drawn up out of sight. While Peter was greatly perplexed as to the meaning of the vision which he had seen, just then the men sent by Cornelius, having by inquiry found out Simon's house, had come to the door and had called the servant and were asking, Is Simon surnamed Peter staying here? And Peter was still earnestly thinking over the vision when the spirit said to him, Three men are now inquiring for you. Rise, go down and go with them without any misgivings, for it is I who have sent them to you. So Peter went down and said to the men, I am the Simon you are inquiring for. What is the reason of your coming? Their reply was, Cornelius, a captain, an upright and God-fearing man of whom the whole Jewish nation speaks well, has been divinely instructed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and listen to what you have to say. Upon hearing this, Peter invited them in and gave them a lodging. The next day he set out with them, some of the brethren from Jaffa going with him, and the day after that they reached Caesarea. There Cornelius was awaiting their arrival, and had invited all his relatives and intimate friends to be present. When Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him, and threw himself at his feet to do him homage. But Peter lifted him up. "'Stand up,' he said. "'I myself also am but a man.' So Peter went in and conversed with them, and found a large company assembled. He said to them, You know better than most that a Jew is strictly forbidden to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has taught me to call no one unholy or unclean. So for this reason, when sent for, I came without raising any objection. I therefore ask why you sent for me. Just at this hour three days ago, replied Cornelius, I was offering afternoon prayer in my house when suddenly a man in shining raiment stood in front of me, who said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your charities have been put on record before God. Send therefore to Jaffa, and invite Simon, surnamed Peter, to come here. He is staying as a guest in the house of Simon, a tanner, close to the sea. Immediately, therefore, I sent to you, and I thank you heartily for having come. That is why all of us are now assembled here in God's presence, to listen to what the Lord has commanded you to say. Then Peter began to speak. I clearly see, he said, that God makes no distinctions between one man and another, but that in every nation those who fear him and live good lives are acceptable to him. The message which he sent to the descendants of Israel when he announced the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, that message you cannot but know. The story, I mean, which has spread through the length and breadth of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed, 
it tells how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power so that he went about everywhere doing acts of kindness and curing all who were being continually oppressed by the devil for god was with jesus and we are witnesses as to all that he did both in the country of the jews and in jerusalem but they even put him to death by crucifixion that same jesus god raised to life on the third day and permitted him to appear unmistakably not to all the people but to witnesses men previously chosen by god namely to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead and he has commanded us to preach to the people and solemnly declare that this is he who has been appointed by god to be the judge of the living and the dead to him all the prophets bear witness and testify that through his name all who believe in him receive the forgiveness of their sins while peter was speaking these words the holy spirit fell on all who were listening to the message and all the jewish believers who had come with peter were astonished that on the gentiles also the gift of the holy spirit was poured out for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling the majesty of god then peter said can any one forbid the use of water and object to these persons being baptized men who have received the holy spirit just as we did and he directed that they should be baptized in the name of jesus christ then they begged him to remain with them for a time chapter eleven now the apostles and the brethren in various parts of judea heard that the gentiles also had received god's message and when peter returned to jerusalem the champions of circumcision found fault with him you went into the houses of men who are not jews they said and you ate with them peter however explained the whole matter to them from the beginning while i was in the town of jaffa offering prayer he said in a trance i saw a vision there descended what seemed to be an enormous sail being let down from the sky by ropes at the four corners and it came close to me fixing my eyes on it i examined it closely and saw various kinds of quadrupeds wild beasts reptiles and birds i also heard a voice saying to me rise peter kill and eat on no account lord i replied for nothing unholy or impure has ever gone into my mouth but a voice answered speaking a second time from the sky what god has purified you must not regard as unholy this was said three times and then everything was drawn up again out of sight now at that very moment three men came to the house where we were having been sent from caesarea to find me and the spirit told me to accompany them without any misgivings there also went with me these six brethren who are now present and we reached the centurion's house then he described to us how he had seen the angel come and enter his house and say send to jaffa and fetch simon surnamed peter he will teach you truths by which you and all your family will be saved and said peter no sooner had i begun to speak than the holy spirit fell upon them just as he fell upon us at the first then i remembered the lord's words how he used to say john baptized with water but you shall be baptized in the holy spirit if therefore god gave them the same gift as he gave us when we first believed on the lord jesus christ why who was i to be able to thwart god this statement of peter's silenced his opponents they extolled the goodness of god and said so then to the gentiles also god has given the repentance which leads to life those however who had been driven in various directions by the persecution which broke out on account of stephen made their way to phoenicia cyprus and antioch delivering the message to none but jews 
but some of them were Cyprians and Cyrenians who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Greeks also and told them the good news concerning the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and there was a vast number who believed and turned to the Lord. When tidings of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas as far as Antioch. On getting there he was delighted to see the grace which God had bestowed, and he encouraged them all to remain, with fixed resolve, faithful to the Lord. For he was a good man, and was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and the number of believers in the Lord greatly increased. Then Barnabas paid a visit to Tarsus to try to find Saul. He succeeded and brought him to Antioch, and for a whole year they attended the meetings of the church, and taught a large number of people and it was in Antioch that the disciples first received the name of Christians. At that time certain prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, being instructed by the Spirit, publicly predicted the speedy coming of a great famine throughout the world. It came in the reign of Claudius. So the disciples decided to send relief, every one in proportion to his means, to the brethren living in Judea. This they did, forwarding their contributions to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. The end of chapters 6 through 11 of the Book of Acts from the New Testament in Modern Speech. Recording by Mark Penfold.